Welcome to Devil's Trap Podcast, Episode 10, where we discover life's rules. Number one, don't go in spooky basements. Number two, don't split up. And number three, don't go in haunted asylums. Let's do this. Episode 10 of Devil's Trap Podcast. I'm Diana. I'm Liz. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about a scary episode today. So you say scary, I say hilarious. I thought this was one of the funniest episodes they have had so far. But (sighs) the subject matter is also depressing as fuck. And we will talk later as research and things went through, like why I was a crying mess last night and all sorts of of fun things on this. But I guess before we kick in that, all right, what you drinking? Uh, I decided I'm not a big whiskey drinker, so it's a big deal, but I'm having some TX whiskey this evening uh, from Fort Worth based company. Pretty tasty stuff. Um, So that's what I made a little cocktail with some topo topo with TX whiskey. It's a blended whiskey. Is it was gonna ask if it's a bourbon or if it's a whiskey? Like, sure. I don't know. It's brown. I don't know. It's brown. The bottles in the other room <laughs> taste like whiskey, but not like bad whiskey. I don't know. I hear my gla- my glasses tinkling. I can hear your little your little things. So you may be jealous about what I am drinking this evening. Uh oh. I opened a bottle of Calais that I picked oh. up in Fredericksburg a couple of weeks ago. And this is the La Cuvée du Rousseau, uh, which is basically their Merlot blend. It's from 2017, um, made from high Texas, from Texas grapes from the high plains. And it's oh. delicious. I am uh, very jealous. Very jealous. Oh, I haven't like really drank like at all <laughs> so I was like I, I like I had a bottle of wine that was open in the fridge because I tried to drink a glass like last week and then I made it like a glass in and it's been sitting in the in the fridge even though it was vacuum sealed I was like let's try this like no mm-hmm. no not mm-hmm. not good I was like well I want to treat myself treat yourself so I'm treating myself to some nice delicious Calais wine oh it's so good it's such an experience. I'm way, we are way overdue. Like our last few, like last few times I've been down that way, we haven't been able to go there. So maybe if, um, if I come down at the, for the next high rum release, maybe we'll make time. Yeah. Our listeners should know that the next high rum release is releasing a rum called the dark arts. Yes. And we're very excited. I may dress yes. up like Harry Potter. I don't know, but, uh, okay. I wouldn't dress up like Harry Potter. I would dress up like a Hufflepuff girl or something, but, um, Harry Potter themed, Harry Potter Tiger. themed. And also I think, and I sent you a thing, I think that's the day high is also having their Highland games. So mm. if it's on, we can go watch guys in kilts throw things from a distance. Nice. 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 I, I, I do like watching men throw things. I don't know why. It's always exciting. Women too. Women are badass at doing it. But you know, yeah. 
Men and okay. kilts. It sounds entertaining. It sounds have you never been to a high? Have you been to a Highland Games? No. Oh my God! I cannot believe you've never. You, I'll have to take you to one of them. I mean, pretty <laughs> much it's an excuse to drink beer, and then they do all these great competitions that you know started in Scotland, and they were things that you know warriors used to do, and this was kind of how you proved your like metal. So like the biggest one is the, and I'm spacing out. Is that the one where they like lift up the thing that looks like a telephone pole? And they have to like yes, look? that's the caper. This is a caper toss. So they had to get this yeah, big, yay. And so they basically had to pick that up and then throw it. And then the goal is to you know, have it turn over. And it's a really hard thing to do just because of physics, right? So you have right. this really long, heavy log. Um, but I actually have seen chicks do it and it's really awesome like because more and more women are competing in these games and they're great so there's the caper toss there is uh, like this big giant lead ball and they have to throw that and there's just all sorts of other things like like a shot put kind of of like a shot put yeah so pretty much that that one I think they have to do over um, kind of like a high jumping pole like I think Mm -hmm. they have to throw that over that I don't know. There's all sorts of things they do. It's super fun and entertaining, and the closest to sports I get. Kind <laughs> of like me, me man, me strong, marry me, kind of that. Well, that, generally it's like me, me man, it, me man in kilts with combat boots. And wow. why would I not? Generally, it's also now it's me, heavily tattooed man in kilts with combat boots, getting sweaty and doing shit. Like that. That does not sound like anything you would like at all. <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> shockingly things that Liz enjoys yeah so, yeah so hopefully and that's uh at the end of February I think so hopefully world come back to normal we need you yeah. I'm so bored we need to do all the things all the things so all the things mm-hmm. although like at least one excuse when I'm staying home like I don't know like if it'll be better because now at least I have like it well, do you want to come out and like COVID and but now it'll be like <laughs> don't you want to come out fuck what's my excuse now I don't know no I'm just gonna be a hermit again I'm in a hermit phase well that's a it's a, you know the, the price of being an introvert so um, and if I'm if I'm not a hermit I will never get all the shit I need to get done for work and for this podcast and for my crafting I've had a pattern cut out and sitting on my table for three days now because oh. I'm gonna I want to get to stuff for Diana's birthday is coming up in a couple of months oh. and I'm trying to make cute dresses for it but I also before I do that I have this really cute dinosaur print fabric that I want to make pjs out of so priorities are pjs because that's you need, you know. you need dino- dinosaur jammies of course I need dinosaur jammies. <laughs> I also ordered this fabric today, which I'm very excited about. Um, Spoonflower just had a Hawaiian fabric competition mm-hmm. and somebody made a tiki with T-Rexes. So it's Hawaiian with dinosaurs. So oh, I'm going to try and make a sundress out of that. Uh, oh, be exciting. That's awesome. Oh, okay. <sighs> Crossover. oh, crossovers. Crossovers on crossovers. All crossovers. The crossovers are about crossovers and the things I like and yep. So, anywho, uh, supernatural. Right. That's supernatural. what we're here, right? Yes. So, season one, episode 10. We've made it to 10 episodes. Oh, yay. yay. All right. So, this was Asylum. Uh, it was, was originally aired November 22nd, 2005, directed by Guy Norman B. And um, the writer Richard Hatem, who I still love his name, Richard Hatem. He's the one who wrote Phantom Traveler. So, those are the only two episodes he's credited with. Um, 
So, but what I really think about the backstory of this, so where this is filmed, that's Riverview Hospital in Coquitlam, Coquitlam, I don't know, British Columbia, somewhere outside of Vancouver, name your things better. Um, so this is actually one of Canada's most filmed locations, and there's going to be numerous supernatural episodes here. I think we already saw it in one where they kind of like walked up a hospital steps, but beyond like supernatural filming here, Deadpool 2 was there, Saw, Watchmen, mm. Saw, Smallville, Fringe, uh, Dark Angel, The X-Files, Along Came a Spider, like it's one of their most filmed locations, but it really did used to be a mental asylum. And mm -hmm. I went into their archives for the town of Coquitlam. Sorry, British Columbia again, change of things. And they also, they have amazing archivists, one of the most beautiful finding guides I've ever seen. If you're an archivist, you'll appreciate what a finding guide is. But that is how I found out all the pictures of their cows. So this place was built next to Colony Farm or on Colony Farm. And that's where they have our new favorite cow, which is Princess Hingleveld. And we'll, sh <laughs> we'll share pictures oh, princess. of Princess Hingleveld and <laughs> And I want to name all my cows after her from now on. But um, <laughs> so the actual hospital there opened in 1913 and it's gone through like house thousands of, of patients and it really didn't shut down until like the 1980s. But there was like an UGG fact as almost all mental, one of the, like everything I looked in about mental silence for this episode is getting more and more depressed. Yeah. Um, so this place for their filming at one point they they got sued because of they sterilized nearly 200 patients between 1933 and 1968 mm. um there was in canada there was a sexual sterilization act based on the belief that mental illness could be inherited but most of the women that were were there were, were being sterilized for other reasons like promiscuity, amoral behavior and unfitness for motherhood based on low intelligence so Yikes. Fuck you guys. I was very upset when I read this. So that's, but the, okay, so everybody's filming there and, and it's mildly haunted. Um, but mm. most of the, the people who are involved like in shooting Supernatural say they think because so many people film there that most of the ghosties have left or if they haven't left, they've gone to the basement. So there's like, we just don't go to the basement, which I think uh -uh. is a pretty much good, and we'll, we'll talk about this later in this episode. Like don't rules go in for basements. Haunted places. Yeah, rules for haunted places. Yeah. yeah. I think just in general in life, don't go in basements unless like <laughs> your basement has been refurbished into something beautiful that's now a rec room and it's well lit. Like, yeah, just stay out of basements. There nothing but nothing good comes out of a dark damn basement. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I'm just glad right. we so, I'm glad we don't have very many of them here in Texas. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, so I mean I do wish we had storm cellars sometimes because we do have tornadoes yeah. and then it's always like what room do I go to I'm not sure yeah. do I go sit in a bathtub yeah but all but one room in my house I think I went kind of out of luck yeah I hear you yep yep so all right so the episode itself all right so yes. we're going to open up in Roosevelt Asylum which is in Rockford Illinois with also mm -hmm. fun fact I have been to Rockford for Illinois because I did a tough because I ran a tough mutter there <laughs> that's really random it is Very random, random. I can and ties back into your Highland Games entertainment and ties so. back into Highland Games look at that oh man well I, well tough mutters did teach me that I don't want to do things where I have to like climb up like climb through walls but I'm totally cool like running through electric shock or like jumping into like baths of ice water like yeah. those things I'm fine with but I'm like oh 
You want me to pull, climb up a rope? Like that, yeah, that's yeah. awful. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure your military background, you're like, yeah, I know how to climb a rope up a wall. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I've like, done it, but not well. It's terrible. Terrible. Yeah. So yeah, not, not my jam. Now that's sometimes why people are like, oh, we should do a tough mutter. I'm like, fuck you. I got yelled at to do that shit. It wasn't fun then. They made it not fun. I but think, some yeah, of yeah. Still is. Some of it still is. Don't get me wrong. I'm just- yeah. If you're not being like forced to do it, it is fun. And the good thing about tough mutters too, is I can, you could always be like, I'm not doing that. And it's like, right. it's I awful. want, you're, you paid to be there. So it's optional. You get to choose whether you want to do that shit. Yeah. There yeah. was quite a few where I was just like, no, I'm walking around this shit. I'll see you <laughs> on the other side. All right. <sighs> uh, so yeah. So we're at the asylum and um, in Rockford, Illinois. And they're um, basically there's some kids in this asylum and the cops get called duh, because no one's supposed to be there. Cause it's all chained up. And you got you got something already i could tell go for it oh no because i just say you're like dumbass kids show up at the asylum <laughs> then i'm like dumbass cops show up and they split up because I'm, I'm like there's a bunch yeah. of dumbasses like, why, why is everybody splitting up why do people i don't get it i don't i was mad about that i was mad about that for, to be fair so uh and then um so yeah they they split up and uh the um one uh one cop finds you know some kids um well first i'll say there's a very large biohazard room for a fucking mental hospital. That was weird. I'm like, I, it seems odd. I mean, like I get having like a sharps container, but like an entire large room marked biohazard seems odd. I mean, I guess yeah, it's I, a story. It still seems odd. No, it's odd. Cause, and I also, I noticed it later on when they're in the basement and like yeah. that's there too. And I'm, and I did mention it. I'm like, what kind of biological hazards are, I mean, you're not doing it. Ra- I was like, well, you're not doing radiation. Yeah. I don't think you're doing radiation, but even if like, that, like, I don't understand. You should not be doing invasive surgeries in a mental hospital. Uh, well, I mean, at least invasive surgeries, but why would it be a biological it's hazard? Be a biological like, hazard. Yeah. yeah. If you well, go to a surgeon, like blood, like born path, I don't know, whatever. Either way, I was still thought it was fucking weird to have a biohazard yep. room in the fucking hospital, in a mental hospital. Like, uh... weird set decoration choice, guys. Weird set decoration choice. Because yeah. that was obviously like, since this is a place used for films they obviously intentionally put it there but that's okay yeah either way so um yeah um and then creepy ass door opens on its own and dumbass kid goes in there because (laughs) well i said not the no excuse me not the kid excuse me dumbass cop goes in there because duh somebody had to walk into the door where the, the room where the creepy door opened and uh Anyways, so they get the kids out. The one cop gets the kids out. The other cop who walked into the creepy door shows back up real, real awkwardly and secretively, but is acting real strange. They get in the cop car and his nose starts bleeding, which um, also that's now a sign like so somebody's fucking nose is bleeding they've got like some possession shit going on i guess it's the rule right i mean that's uh i mean so in general with supernatural i think we've already seen this so there's an ectoplasm drip which is the black stuff and this was a red this was actual blood so yeah. i think that was showing like you got the the electroshock zap from the doctor yeah i don't know yeah i also noticed like those kids had a really nice car for teenagers so i was like mm-hmm. what kind of a fucking sports car are you in um and i also really there was like the, there was a really nice moment with the cops for just story i don't know what story wise but one of the cops said you know every town has its stories yeah and they I, did I and they were talking like about that, that line 
Yeah, there's, you know, the, the the cop that you could tell was a little bit more veteran to the other one, a little yeah. bit more senior, uh, was like, yeah, you know, where were you from? I mean, every town has a story and the kids come to this place, they think it's haunted, you know, kind of deal. So that was that was actually a cool exchange too, I agree. Uh, that yeah. was when they were going in, not when he came out acting all creepy. For the, yeah. But but yeah, so um, yeah, I mean, so guys, the, the younger, I won't call him a rookie because we don't know that, but like the, um, you know, the lower level officer, uh, less senior officer. There we go. Um, they show him being real quiet in the car, kind of weird. Goes home, won't talk to his wife in bed, but she's implied by her conversation implies that they're like have been fighting. So I mean, obviously, like okay, that's kind of whatevs. And then uh, all of a sudden, you see him pick up the gun, and they go outside, and you see hear two gunshots. I I will say that it was not my immediate assumption that he committed suicide. Also. Yeah. My, that my assumption was that he shot her ass twice yeah but there we go yeah so, it wasn't it was an interesting choice to do the gunshots off camera yeah like i don't know if that was just so we don't want to take time to stage a murder scene because that takes like effects and we run out of money or much you know i mean they could just like show the end of the gun or you know what i mean like there's ways you can like artistically do that yeah it was a choice and i think they left that kind of unclear on purpose i'd have to say because I was not convinced. I, I just assumed he shot her ass twice. That's just what I assumed, because you know you you never like one bullet. You whatever if you're in the gun, it's like you you pull the click the trigger until it goes click as if you're shooting something. Anyways, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, theory, like, oh but, but I also I, I also think it's an interesting choice that they went with a gun, right? Because if he's supposed to be you know full of rage, the gun to me seems like a least rageful way to kill somebody. Yeah, I mean that's that's not a very it's a very it's a somewhat impersonal way I think in a lot of ways, but anyway. yeah. Anyways, so so we get we, we <laughs> cut to thoughts on your murder. We cut to this fucking badass hotel room. Holy shit! I want to go to this hotel. Yep, and we're like this is not a spoiler thing, but we'll see many awesome motel rooms in this God, in the series. And I'm like, where the fuck are you staying and granted i don't stay in motels like that's but i'm like so if you stay in motels and they actually look like this and have this really cool lattice work and stuff let me know and maybe i'll start send. staying in motels but yeah. send the links send the links because I, I, I just think they're like generally like crappy and full of drug addicts and but no this is a gorgeous motel so so kudos cool. on your trip advisor for where you found the Steve and Sam. No Wouldn't shit. it be great? Like as they're pulling through town, they're like going through trip advisor and they're like, well, <laughs> this one has like 4.5 reviews. There's no swim at bar at this one. I don't want to go. <laughs> By the way, that, that should be the swim at bar should be like more of a search feature than it is, but that's a good conversation. Yeah, I, that is also trip advisor. Why do you not have that as an amenity that I can check? Cause someone had to go in a hotel and find out like, cause you can check bar and you can check pool but you cannot check them together exactly you need swim up bar that's different those are different different things a bar yeah. and a pool is not the same well, thing it's the same thing for like rooftop bars too like there should yeah. be a i'm not a huge fan of them but a lot of people are so yeah. i think that should also be in a minute you can check okay now we're gonna start our own okay. travel search <laughs> okay so well. they're in a badass motel room um and they are arguing about looking about for dad again of course yeah because that's all they argue about. Although yep. Sam does point out, like, so when they get a text message, Sam points out that dad can't work a toaster. Uh, see, which is why many, one of the many reasons I will prove this episode is fucking hilarious. I'm like, good line. Dad can't yep. work a toaster. Boom. 
right. So uh, coordinates point to Rockford, Illinois. We're, you know, um, early in the night. Okay, so the, the coordinates point to Rockford, Illinois, and Dean's like looking this up online. He was yeah. like, oh yeah, earlier in the night, like where this guy, this cop killed himself and his wife. This is how he found out he killed himself. And right. it was like earlier in the night, Walt had a call at Rockford Asylum. I'm like, what the fuck is that in the paper? <laughs> is that in your obituary? Like where the cop visited? Like I was like, no. Well, I feel like this wasn't his obituary. I feel like this was like the news article, like the salacious news article about a cop gets off shift from a creepy call at a okay, asylum yeah. and then comes home, shoots his wife, and shoots himself. Like I think that's more what it was going for. I'd like to think that that. I, would, hey, I really <laughs> hope they're not talking about Walt being a, Walt visited the asylum right before he died. Like I hope that's not the fucking obituary. But I also just want the, this article to be written like that. He went to a creepy asylum, then he killed his wife. <laughs> oh man hey i don't know you never know what the newscasters are like in that town who knows it's true fake news man so um so, so they decide you know, uh, so sam's uh, pissed though by the way sam's pissed he's like this is fucking bullshit that we get this text i, I thought this was an interesting because like they're both obviously they're gonna go duh but it was the reaction to the text where like for dean it gave dean hope whereas for sam it made him mad yep sam gets mad dean gets hope and then we also, of course, it's just reiterating that if dad tells us to go somewhere, we we'll fucking go in there. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. and I kind of agree with Sam where I'm like, well, can you tell me why? Like, are you, why are you dropping me random coordinates and not being like, hey, <laughs> we need to do something like, like, cool. You gave me some digits. Thanks, dad. She thanks. So they um, obviously get to... Um, uh, they go to Illinois and get to this bar uh, looking for the less senior officer's partner, the more senior officer of the two. Um, and Dean gives a, a real stupid lie about being a reporter, which obviously the cop's not going to talk to him. He's like, oh, my partner just fucking died and you're going to fucking try to like hit me up at the bar while I'm unwinding? Dick. Anyway, so Sam uh, decides to play like good guy and like flings Dean out, like shoves him out of the bar and says, leave him alone. Like, hey, let me buy you a beer, man, and buys the cop a beer. And that gets the cop to talk about it. Which... Yeah, I think it was planned. Like, good cop, bad cop. I think it oh, was Oh, I'm planned. sure. No, I'm yeah. sure it was, because Dean makes a comment outside, like, you shoved me pretty hard there. <laughs> but uh, also, not believable that the cop's suddenly going to tell Sam what happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he did want to talk. He just didn't want to talk to a recorder. But I think, you know, the what i really noted here was just like sam just looks and sounds pissed like there's like everything in his demeanor he's just like pmsing he's got his cranky pants on Very and is clearly not talking about his feelings and so or maybe they've just had this fight over and over again and he's tired of having this fight because frankly i'm kind of tired of them having this fight but uh yeah. Anyway, so. so so now they go to the goddamn asylum, but they go during the day because yeah. I mean this is great. Let's go, let's let's go to this haunted ass place where some fucked up shit happens. Yeah. But also go during the day. Why yeah, not? I do support that. I do support that decision. That was a wise, that was a good call. Um in in for wussy pants Diana over here. Yeah. Uh, so also, yeah. 
And fun fact, just about the set decoration for this thing, one of the things that I thought was really funny. So obviously, like multiple people are coming here and they're always repainting. And you know, but so to distress the asylum, they use puff paint. And so I just picture like, and I know there's probably a larger industrial version of this for you know production companies, but I just kept picturing that little bottle of like puff paint we used to use <laughs> to like to do t-shirts. I just pictured like 50 like set direct decorators, like little puff paints just going. <laughs> Bottle and a pile of empty bottles next to them from using so much. Like, Someone needs to go to Michael's. We need more puff paint. <sighs> I wonder if people There's... still use puff paint. I haven't seen it in a while. Know. I haven't seen it in a while either. I've seen a lot of stuff come back, but I have not seen puff paint come back. You can get some puff paint. Oh, God. Make you a silent yeah. shirt out of puff so, paint. I mean, while they're going through, they kind of like, uh, they're kind of starting to talk about like the history of it and that there was a fire there. And I mean, like, all this, you know, had happened at the asylum before, and there was deaths, a few deaths there. And the one of the interesting lines was they were talking about the chains to go to the South Wing. They're like, is it to keep people out or to keep something in? Uh, um, yeah, so, um, and then they also have a pretty funny exchange. I thought the Dean and Sam have an exchange about, uh, Dean says that, uh, that ghosts are attracted to his ESP. And, uh, <laughs> but Sam, also, he's being a dick. Like, my note on this is like, okay, we're trying to have a conversation about this, but we're not having a conversation about it. Like, oh, yeah. Sam clearly wants to talk, and the only way Dean can talk about it is to make fun of him, mm-hmm. which I, I also appreciate, but kind of a dick. Well, so. and so Sam says it's not ESP. He gets strange vibes and dreams. Like <laughs> strange vibes. Well, he's uh, also trying to defend himself too, right? He, he is. Trying, he is. Yeah. I just, I was just amused by the how the exchange was written more than anything. Yeah. I knew they were going to have contention. It was just funny. And then Dean said, "Then, but Dean's comeback was kind of fucking lame. The don't ask, don't tell. I'm like, that. What is that even like? Okay. Yeah. You well, know, it's one. That's not a good line because you. Uh, but also, just like it's. But it really is, again, like, I'm just going to make fun of things instead of actually talking about them. I just didn't think it made sense, so I thought it was a waste of time. Like, yeah. this, is not, this, is, this is not a relevant, like, comeback, so, okay. Maybe but it was whatever. relevant in 2005, but... Well, not I, even that, but not even time, it's just, like, that doesn't even, like, I don't know, it didn't it didn't tie yeah. into me. But that, that's my opinion on their little exchange. I was like, oh, this could have been a really... I was like, it started out funny, and then it went stupid real fast. Stupid and rude. But um, yeah, the other, yeah, the other thing out of that, which I just noted is just a weird fact where Sam says that spirits can only come out during certain hours. And just in general, I'm like, why do ghosts only come out at night? And then of course, Dean did freaks come out at night joke, which is also awful. But uh, I'm like, why is that a thing? Like, and I normally just think it's because this is when you're more heightened and more scared, but like, and maybe you can just see things better at night. Like if I was a ghost, I mean, like, unless you're just sleeping during the day, like, what are you doing during the day? Where are you? What are you doing? I don't know. Maybe, maybe you just can't cross over into the physical realm. As maybe, well. yeah. The, 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 the veil the, is not the as veil, The veil is thick. It's too thick. To the, veil, the veil is very thick in the daytime. <laughs> <laughs> very thick daytime veil yeah and then they go into, if you want to talk about things that um are weird as fuck when they go into this creepy ass room with that has a fucking headless doll laying on the table why the fuck is there a headless doll in this like 
treatment room at an asylum. It's like, oh, you can have your shock therapy. You can look at this scary ass headless doll. Uh, you can get a lobotomy, like your choice. Man. Yeah, like, well, I mean, because oh I obviously also noted the headless doll and yeah. my thing was like, well, now we have a headless baby doll. We have to burn this down and we have to burn it. <laughs> <laughs> like the room just like, no, nope. oh. headless baby doll, set the room on fire. Like you should be done here. At this point, you yeah. just like light a match. You burn the shit down, you walk away. Yeah. I mean, you know, the burn, the bones will burn if you burn the whole fucking place down. So then problem solved, right? Because that's what yeah. they're worried about. Well, how, usually how usually what they probably have to do. They aren't there yet. But I mean, like, that's what they're going to get to is you got to burn the fucking bones. So just burn the whole motherfucker down and then it's over. You save uh, yourself so a bunch are, of time. They make some, I think it's Dean makes all of these, but Dean makes some great references though to, uh, well, they both do a little bit to other horror movies with um, major psychological uh, storylines too, though, at this point in, in the scene too. Um, they stay reference one of those Cuckoo's Nest, um, Amityville, Shining. Like they kind of go through a cool little list and cross referencing and kind of jo- cracking jokes about like which one, it's, which one the haunting there is more like. It was kind of interesting. Yeah, I did say you know. Uh, so Dean does a terrible Jack Nicholson impersonation. That oh, was yeah. real bad. Jensen Ackles impersonation is Jack Nicholson. Not your thing. I mean, unless unless it was a character choice. Um, other things, I was also like, why is everything in this room? Anyways, you have electroshock and lobotomy. Like, yeah, I guess like it was. This is our junk room now, or something. Um, and then on that list of things where they were going through stuff, and they said maybe it's more like Amityville or the Smurl haunting. And I had never heard of the Smurl haunting, which is also just a really weird word to say. Mm-hmm. I had to look up in the transcript to be like, what? How the Smurl. fuck do you smell Smurl? Smurl. And apparently, had you, yeah, S M U R L, had you heard of it? I don't, I mean, it sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't like yeah. think. Well, they were it. saying it like it was famous, and I'm like, I don't know this, but yeah. uh, that was apparently there was a haunting that was Jack and Janet Smurl of West Pittston, Pennsylvania. Hmm. And they alleged that a demon inhabited their home between 1974 and 1989. They claimed that the premises were disturbed by a demon that caused loud noises and bad owners threw their dog into a wall. So fuck this ghost. Uh, Shook their mattress, pushed one of their daughters down a flight of stairs and physically and sexually assaulted family members on several occasions. I was like, how do I not know about this haunting? So this may come back in a further episode because I really want to investigate this. But I also don't want to learn about the dog. So I- that's upsetting. That's like the the line you don't cross is the animal What's really sad is like, I and I know like the sexual assault should be like the one I'm like, ah, but I'm like, you threw a dog into a wall? What is what is wrong with you? Like everything else, okay, we can we can we can figure something well, out. And about, the, and the, the bad dogs. Uh, <laughs> the dog <laughs> and the smells are your, your things over the line for Liz. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nobody likes a smelly house. So, anyways. So, so and they go off and they start arguing about John again. Guys. Uh, dad, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. My dad and why he's not there, blah, blah, blah. They're there. Dad's not. Meh. Okay. I get that that's going to be like a reoccurring thing for a minute, but Jesus fucking really kind of beating that down. I mean, yeah, I know. And uh, maybe it's because you have a different writer with each episode. I mean, Kripke is still leading the stuff, but I'm like, good god we get it, get like, it. Y'all, y'all have different takes on the situation your dad's a fucking asshole and he's not fucking there and you don't know where he is like yeah. i mean i get it i get it well but. and it's you know and we have established that dean toes the line and sam questions we got it it's mm-hmm. cool move on like we we yeah. can talk about this later like i'm tired of this 
argument at this point i'm really frustrated with that so yeah so they figure out what like who the director of the asylum was way back when so they decide to go um, conveniently left on a plaque and plaque is there just like laying down a little beat up on the ground like okay i mean also you probably could have looked that up but whatever um so somehow sam gets like a same day appointment with that guy the old director's son who's also a psychiatrist interestingly enough and um of course, like, oh yeah, I've got a last minute appointment with a psychiatrist. I'm going to go question him about his father working at a fucking asylum instead of talking about myself. That's not going to go well. Um, well, and we know it's going to do that. One thing also, so this director had a choice where they focused on Sam throwing this men's health magazine down on the couch. Yeah, I and, I, and I had to like, I zoomed in and then of course it's me. I was like, what? what is this magazine? Like, is it something, who is on the cover? And so- it was a 2005 special waiting room edition of Men's Health magazine, <laughs> and Sean William Scott, aka Stifler, was on the cover. Oh, that's funny. So, I mean, they actually, like, I don't think this is important for any reason other than the fact that it was a waiting room magazine, which I also think good, good on you, set decorators, being like, yeah. we're going for what would be in there. But they, they, like, why the director zoomed in on it? I was like, yeah, I this that clearly was means something. I'm like, nope, it's just Stifler. Yeah, I thought I, I thought it was weird that they did that, but I didn't I didn't go as far as you. I was just like, oh. <laughs> you're not as OCD a, as I am. I'm like, who I was just like, well, that? I just thought it was I just thought it was a weird shoot shoot choice. So I was like, okay, so we're well, and it was kind of funny here. from far because I was like, is this an East? Well, really, I wanted to go in it because I wanted to see if it was an Easter egg, like wow. if it was Ackles or Padalecki or something, like something that was like, oh, this must be something funny. I'm like, nah, Stifler, no. yeah. Okay, so so yeah so obviously while he's got, talking to the psychiatrist uh the psychiatrist isn't going to just answer his questions about fucking dad's you know asylum but the psychiatrist does make a deal so he gets ob- they don't really follow this scene they don't really show you what happens um all we know at this point is that there was a riot at the asylum but uh obviously the psychiatrist gets dean to spill his gut or excuse me sam to spill his guts a bit about dean um <clears throat> and that's implied when he comes out but uh I think by the tone of the rest of the, of the episode, it may have been helpful for Sam. I think he kind of needed to get some of that shit out. Um, I don't think he completely purged it. <laughs> no, not, com- not completely, not completely, obviously. But he, he still looks pissed. A bit. Yeah, he looks pissed yeah. when he came out. So, and, I mean, yeah, but but I think I think it made him confront some of it at least. Yeah, but, it's true. But anyway, and so, so they start, and then so Sam's like, "Okay, I actually did find out some stuff." Right. So they got to go to the fucking South Wing. Yeah, and they found out there was Roosevelt riots in there. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I guess I'd Google like mental asylum riots. And this was the point where I just started getting really depressed. Um, there was a, because uh, there was a riot in this asylum in Scotland. And because I was kept going back and forth about which asylum I wanted to focus on or how I wanted to focus the war. And I found this asylum in Scotland. And it's just like the same old fucking story we'll get to later. But I was like, yep, yeah, patients were treated really shitty. They rioted and they burned shit down. I'm like, God damn, mental asylums. But yeah, yeah so, so they decide but, they have to the get there. Well, the big thing that they learn also is, of course, obviously, which we alluded to, is that the doctor's Endicott's body was never recovered after the riot. Yeah. Okay. And so this was 19, this has come up later too. It was 1964. And after that, it, the it, patients were transferred out and it was closed. Yeah, but it seems kind of like, I feel like in the 60s, they could have found the body. I'm just saying this wasn't like, the old, <laughs> basically where the body was well the room was hidden 
Well, the room true. was hidden. That's true. So I'm just kind of like, ugh. I was just kind of like, really. All right. So there we go. Um, all right. So now this dumb ass named Gavin decides to bring <laughs> his little girlfriend Catherine. They're supposed to go to a fucking movie, but no, he's a piece of shit and took his fucking girlfriend to a fucking haunted asylum for a date. And her dumb ass actually like went partway with him because she's an idiot. No, uh, I love Kat. I don't think Kat's an idiot. I don't think well, no, she- I like her, but I think at this point, I think she's an idiot for going in there with him. She should have said like, yeah. no motherfucker, we're fucking- Like in the car. Yeah. This is fucking dumb. That's yeah. what she should have done. Before they even got out of the car, it should have been like, why are we here? Oh, why are but- we here? Take me to the fucking movie like you promised. I want my tub of popcorn with too much butter. Thank you. Yeah. And, see, and my notes on this is like, Kat thinks it's a terrible idea for a date, but I'm like, eh, I'd put out for it. Like, this seems like- <laughs> I was like, yeah, all right. Like this, yep. Yeah, I, 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 this man would know me, but Gavin clearly does not know Kat. And so like, they're there and then he leaves her alone. You fucking yeah. dick. Like, and fuck I was that. like, I was like, I hope a ghost eats you. Uh-huh. And then I'm like, ha ha, you got ghost catfished. <laughs> so- <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, we're getting like, you know, she starts hearing, she's here. He gets a creepy door opening for him. Of course. She's hearing fucking noises. Of course. His flashlight does the go out. He's like off somewhere else, you know, and his flashlight does this, the flicker thing and goes out like same thing that the cops did earlier. And then he sees a silhouette that looks like a fucking girl. This is creepy (laughs) as fuck because he thinks it's cat. And because she like strolls on over to him, he's like, oh, cat. And they start just making the fuck out. And then she steps back and it's a busted ass ghost. <laughs> Catfish. Catfish. That was, and like, uh, do it like feel like her when you're making out? Like, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of questions here because she was like yeah. a real rotty looking. And like, I feel like this would have like, like and i don't think her breath would have been good like i'm assuming she's got like dead girl breath i think maybe if you're a dead girl you're 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 taking some dental hygiene thing but i'm thinking like ghosts aren't brushing their teeth and she probably has some pretty gnarly dead breath but you know and like her half of her face is like rotting it's like do not but also he's a horny teenager like horny teenagers how he's like the ghost the ghost breakout was very distressing to me i did not like that um (laughs) I, have, okay. I really have makes out with ghost exclamation point exclamation point eek exclamation point exclamation point. <laughs> and mine is just ha 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 catfish. Um, so then the boys are back and they're watching through their video camera and the and Sam's like it's orbing like crazy. <laughs> yes, I wrote that down too. It's orbing like crazy. And I'm like I don't know why this is funny because I think orbs are like balls. So maybe it's just like there's just balls everywhere. And that's why I thought very, it was so- it's very bally in here. It's, it's such a ballsy uh asylum. There's just so balls ballsy. everywhere. Balls everywhere. Um, and then I'm like, there's a shutter ghost in a straight jacket. Do you like that one, Diana? So actually, I I did not like the like you could tell something was like skittering around behind them. Did not like that. Cut to the the ghost in the straight jacket jumped at first then looked i'm like okay that's cheesy so i did not like it i thought it was fucking dumb actually okay other than being startled i was like that's fucking cheese dick let's move on you know like okay like i'm I'm already freaked out so i jump automatically because i'm a fucking pussy as we know but also let's just not be totally cheesy yeah i get it all right so and then sam gets a ghost with and i couldn't was like was that a bottle in her eye like i couldn't 
And I paused it and rewound it a bunch of times. It's the same one that made out. It's the makeout ghost. She was like, it's well, like her eyes like been busted out, like exploded half her face. And then okay. I don't. I just felt like it looked like something was in her eye. Anyways, I don't know. I and then like her Sam, eyeball popped. That's what it looked like to me. Like maybe her, like her face got busted open and popped her eyeball. Maybe. And then Sam's like, I think it's weird that you didn't want to attack me. Maybe she wanted something else. And I'm like, ghost love? Like, maybe she's well, I mean, just really she's horny. Of, she's a she's a really horny ghost, apparently, because she just made out with this other dude. Now she's coming on to Sam. I mean, well, I'm, I'm, of course, I've been like, oh, I just made out with this fucking 15-year-old. And here comes Jared Padalecki. And I'm like, I need, I need a man. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm going for this guy over here. Like, he's much taller. He's got a much, like, and he doesn't look like he's going to run off. And I start making out with him. <laughs> So yeah, um, yeah. So it, they, so he sees, and then he yells, "Dean shotgun!" Though at this point, and, and Dean and Dean does shoot him with the shot, uh, shoot the ghost with the uh, the salt shotgun. So yeah. I think you know, but that but Sam seems really upset about it as he thinks about it. He's kind of like, "Well, she wasn't attacking me, like you're saying. Like she wasn't trying to like hurt me. She must have wanted something else." I mean, she um, cut my balls a little bit, and I wasn't like sure what she was doing there. <laughs> <laughs> her, 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 hand, her hand wasn't as cold as i thought it would be uh, <laughs> she was orbing uh, all over my worms <laughs> so yeah, they do find cat like they find cat hovering behind a bed they almost shoot her right so we find cat who at who's point, awkwardly sitting there facing the wall hiding behind a bunk bed like okay that seems was she facing the wall I'm like, yeah I that's why know. they saw the back of her head that's why they were like Ugh. Okay, you're right. Yeah, no, I would never be facing a no. Like I get like getting behind the bed, and you put your back to the wall. That's exactly yeah. It was like I don't no because the things can come up behind Mm -hmm. you. Like that's how things come up behind you. So anyways, and then they decide to go look for Gavin, and she's and they split up. They 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 fucking split. They split up. Why the fuck did they split up? What are these people thinking? Oh, let's go to this hard ass place and split up the fuck even like not hard ass places like unknown locations you don't fucking split up that's just the rules yeah it's gonna be so hard to find each other like it just it seems terrible i don't know what also i don't know what you think you're doing how much ground are you covering like this is just stupid stick together they don't have if you have like a very solid plan maybe you could figure out how to split up but these they don't they're just like no you go that way i'll go this way me have fun see you later like there's not a plan you can't split up it's stupid so (laughs) they do find so dean or excuse me um uh it is funny when Dean does tell her about, does she ask if she pays attention in horror movies, speaking of, which obviously he doesn't pay attention in horror movies either and says that you don't go and says you should know not to go in haunted places, basically. Yeah, but I have, I have Dean channeling his inner Diana when someone says a place is haunted, don't go in. So I feel like you two are on the same page at this point, but it's also, it's true. Like this place is abandoned and haunted, yeah. don't go in. No, they just don't go in. It's easy. Unless you so, have an EMF reader, which it clearly makes you safe. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. So Sam does find the passed out kid that got, you know, sexually assaulted by a ghost. Um, and uh, the. Uh, he gave consent. Um, yeah, so, so, but, the, but they, but the, once again, they're discussing how the ghost didn't try to attack him, but the kid has, he's like, it seemed like she tried to whisper something in my ear, but I just ran because I just. I suck. I, I accidentally kissed a ghost like this fucking scary shit like I'd be upset too I kind of get it sounds traumatic nope. he sucks <sighs> um, anyway, 
anyhow so then cat gets thrown into a room and she is oh, so that was so creepy she's like a couple feet behind him and she said how oh, you're hurting my arm and he's like what are you talking about and he turns around and you see this hand grab her arm and pull her into the room <gasps> i did not like that scene and I was like, well, at least D- Dean had a crowbar. I was like, cool. So crowbar, trunk, I bet you came out of you. Um, yeah. This is, you know, trunk, got, we love they, you. Shot, shotguns, crowbar, and EMF Raider, they are all about trunk today, even though they aren't showing trunk today. Yeah. Um, so, so she's in the room. This is another reason why I think this episode is great. So she's in the room, and like Sam finally shows up, and then he's like, no, you have to face it. And she's like, no, you face it. And I was like, damn right, girl. Like, <laughs> Uh, and then but she does like a badass bitch she's like okay i'm gonna suck it up because i'm not like shitty gavin i'm not gonna run away i'm gonna yeah. also like i don't care if that was a ghost or a man of like, like i don't want anybody coming up to me like that so yeah, he was very close to her face very close that was, to her face i'm like can you not like why do you have to whisper in my ear unless maybe he was trying to keep the doc from hearing but i'm like yeah, well you don't know maybe maybe as as maybe the ghosts don't have great projection I don't know, but yeah, that was a personal space invasion, but Kat, badass. And so she comes out and she's like, the ghost is saying 137. <laughs> and then which they, which they, they, know, they split uh, up again. They split yes. up again. Oh, because oh. I mean, because everything, because nothing bad happens when they're split up. Everything bad happens when they're split up. They solve shit when they're together. Have they not figured this out? Because I figured this shit out, but okay. Either way. So fucking, um, and, you know, there's a little you know, Sam and Kat, Sam's with Cat now and trying to like get them out of the building because Sam's job is to get Gavin and Cat the fuck out of the asylum. And in the meantime, Dean is looking through the doctor's files and finds like a secret stash spot of the files. Um, and yep. at this point, Sam realizes they're fucking trapped and the asylum is like closed off. They are locked in. And this is fucking terrifying to me. I do not like this one fucking bit. Yep. Okay. So a couple of things. I know you're terrified and you don't like it. Um, also, but this, this is why I think this episode is hilarious. Like when Sam or Kat are talking and Gavin's oh, yeah. just there being being a douchebag. Yeah. And he's she's like, why do you do this? And he's like, it's my job. And she was like, why would anybody want a job like that? And he's like, I guess yeah. I had a crappy guidance counselor. That was a funny line. It was. I liked it. Yep. And so. Okay. And, they ask, and they ask if Dean's his boss. Yeah. Uh, uh. All right. So Dean is in room 137, and like he said, there's a journal. I and mean, so this journal is full of experiments. It's full of pictures of lobotomies. And so at this point, I was trying to figure out where we're going to talk about lore. This is where we're going to talk about lore. So because of lobotomies and stuff, it was kind of this really probably could have gone anywhere within the episode um because clearly for this episode you know i started looking into mental asylums uh, again i said this is super depressing but it, i was trying to find like a good one and the problem is is that because all most mental asylums sucked um most of them say they're haunted but the problem is is that most of them don't have like really good details about what they're haunted with uh, obviously we've got some big ones like we I could have gone with Waverly Hills and I was really t- tempted to but I feel like everybody talks about Waverly Hills um Diana you may want to look that one up and watch some of the ghost paranormal things on it don't 
pass. Yeah, like, like you probably don't want to do that, but in Waverly Hills, it's pretty cool. But so what I ended up just finally deciding on was one that is haunted, but also just really interesting in terms of its history and what it meant to institutions for um, people who with mental issues that were being, you know, being put away. So dun, 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 I went with Danvers State Hospital. So mm. Danvers State Hospital is in Danvers, Massachusetts, and it was originally constructed in 1878. And it was opened under the original name of the Danvers Lunatic Asylum because, you know, we lunatic was an okay word then. Um, but this is one of the reasons I think it's interesting. So it's built on Hathorne Hill. And the judge that provided uh, presided over the Salem witch trials, John Hathorne, once lived there. So not in, not in the asylum, but on the hill. He yeah. lived on the hill. And so the asylum has a nickname of the witch's castle. Um, and so a lot of people don't realize that the Salem witch trials actually didn't really take place in Salem. They took place in modern day Danvers, which is a kind of Northwest of Salem. And that was called Salem Village back in the day. So most of the witch trial um, occurred around this hill. So that's where they were like having the terrible inquisitions that they had. Uh, there are a lot of sites when they talk about this hospital that say the witches were hung here and that's not true they were hung at proctor's ledge which is about a 15 minute drive from this from the hospital and it's behind a walgreens now so you can go and you can go get some gum and pick up your prescriptions and then go visit proctor's ledge uh, which they actually do have a, a nice memorial there for uh for the the hanging of the witches but i thought that was a cool fact about it Originally, this building was supposed to cost $600,000 to construct. It actually ended up costing $1.5 and we'll post pictures of this. But this is, um, the architecture is said to have inspired H.P. Lovecraft's Arkham, Arkham Sanatorium. Mm. And then Arkham Sanatorium is the one that uh, inspired Arkham Asylum in mm -hmm. DC's Batman. So I think, the, I think that history is really interesting. Um, so it was supposed to hold 500 people, but eventually was housing over 2,000 and more buildings were added and patients were kept in the basement and we'll get into that. At its peak, the facility had over 40 buildings. And at one point, I think it was covered like 500 acres, like just this giant, massive place. And there are, beyond the buildings, there are two cemeteries for the hospital's patients. Um, so that's kind of like the layout of it. This was, when Danvers State was first opened, it was really, their administrator, Thomas Kirkbride, who ended up was pretty much the founder of like the Kirkbride plan, was really this idea that mental patients needed to be a place that was humane and compassionate and around nature. And, and it really did start off that way. Just so the idea is like, okay, you're, you're having issues. Like what we need to do is need to get into some therapy and you need to be in pretty place. You need to have some ponds, you need to be in nature. And this inspired like most of the asylums that were built around this time. So you know, this plan was implemented in 30 states that were in existence at the time and in several European cities. And when you look at the history of Riverside Hospital, which is where they're filming at, mm -hmm. Uh, they were following that plan, right? So it's why this lot where they're filming at is so huge. But I mean, so they wanted like patients to get out into nature and they were working the farm. I don't know if they had a Princess Hervegeld, but you know, they had farms, they had greenhouses, 
they did crafts and Montessori kindergarten type exercises. And in the 1900s, there were weekly dances and they had entertainments of like reading and music. By the 1930s, there was a personal hygiene department that included haircuts, shampoos, manicures, and massages. Sounds so, like a spa. It sounds like yeah. a spa, a crafting spa getaway. I was like, so up until like the 1930s, I'd be like, fuck yeah, sign me up. This is where I want to go and relax. I'll go get a massage. I'll do some crafting. Like this sounds like the place for me. But why almost all of these hospitals end up going wrong is overcrowding. This happened here. This happened at Riverside. This happened at the one that I talked about where the rioting. Uh, so as far back as the 1900s, the wards were had between 50 and 60 patients per ward. And they were supposed to have no more than 35, especially mm -hmm. the ones that had the violet ones. So these rooms are filling up with patients. They're putting cots in the hallways and in the day room. So, so wait, you're saying overcrowding groups of violent people who may have yeah. severe mental illness is not a good idea yeah or even just overcrowding general people because remember oh, like yeah. people are being committed for a variety especially of women yeah. we're being committed because we have oh, yeah, yeah. because yeah. we're sluts or, you know that's their word not mine but, i mean just general yeah. reasons and most like most women were committed by their husbands or by their family members because mm -hmm. suck um again yeah. depressing topic uh, by the 1930s, this hospital was filled to capacity and there was over 2,600 patients crowding the building. And so because they're struggling to deal with the overflow of rowdy, sometimes violent patients, things just start getting really bad. And some patients are like left to wander the halls nude and cover their own filth. Like if you've ever seen um, the asylum, I doubt you have, but have you ever seen the asylum season of American Horror Story? Most nope. of these going to sound familiar. <laughs> it was like, yeah, I know Diana has not nope. watched it. I have not uh, watched that show. It looks like a really fascinating, like beautifully well done uh, visuals that I will not fucking watch. Yeah, Asylum was a really great season. Uh, so before I get into ghosting, it's just kind of, you know, the, the Asylum was around until 1992. So this was a long, a long run of this hospital, right? So it was around for almost 100 years. Uh, and this, is, this will come into importance later. So in 2005, the property was sold to a real estate developer and a series of the connecting buildings were torn down and replaced by condos. Not all of the buildings were demolished and there's a reason for that. Um, and behind the condos are also the asylum's two cemeteries. So right now, all that's left of the hospital are some tunnels, the cemeteries and the brick shell, the administration as well, administration building, as well as the D&G wings. Also when those condos were being built, there was a massive fire within like most of this. So, okay, so that's, uh. yeah, that's a background of it. So obviously the things that make these things really scary and we were gonna talk about in this episode, what we're seeing in this episode are the treatments, right? So what, what we're going on in here. Yeah. And Danvers is purported to have been the birthplace of the prefrontal prefrontal lobotomy. And it wasn't the, the birthplace. However, the main person who conducted them during this time, Walter Freeman, Walter Jackson Freeman II, um, he conducted over 200 lobotomies there. Ooh. So, and he did this by thrusting a long rod into the corner of the patient's eye and threw it to the brain, wiggling the rod around a bit then simply withdrawing it and then severing the connections to the prefrontal lobes. And after that, the patient would be passive and calm 
and like a zombie because you just fucking shove a tube in their goddamn brain oh um, it gives me it's freaking like chills like ugh. yeah so oh. this guy did over 200 lobotomies most of them there they also had a hydrotherapy department uh that was opened in 1936 and so there was a belief and you'll see this in a lot of horror movies where they have asylums on a lot of things where hydrotherapy like was supposed to fix the clogged conditions of the brain but you could use water in any of its forms like ice liquid or vapor internally or externally usually when these are being done patients are being shoved in fucking ice baths and made to sit there but so that was one of the things that oh, were there. I was like people do that though like on purpose though yeah i mean it could be i mean we'll talk about the ther the therapy that's in this episode where i'm like yeah that sounds legit but um they also, over the course of the 1940s, so 1940s and 50s is when all of these these hospitals, I guess I use the word asylum, but it kind of bothers me. Um, but this is when they all start going downhill because they're overcrowded and they're like, oh, so we're going to pop out your brain. We're going to shove you in some bath water. We're going to start doing some electroshock therapy, which, you know, there is you know, a reason behind. Electroshock therapy does actually have some proven purposes. Where it, it, it does have some work. therapeutic. It was just used... It was just randomly like oh. it was used in it was applied inappropriately. You said I'm, I'm gonna shock you, but this will make you feel better. Like Return, clearly, Return to Oz fucked me up on that though, man. Like oh my god, Return to Oz fucked me up with the talking the talking heads. Oh, oh my god, the talk that I love that. That's see, what I'm my weird see, ass and, loved. You're, you're like I love that. It those creep me out, but me. I loved it. But they like the, but the electroshock therapy. Yep. So they're also doing a lot of psychosurgery and there's no, I mean, uh, there, there's, I mean, there's, there's modern stuff they're talking about doing that can, that can be really, that could potentially be great therapeutics for severe mental health issues with, you know, implantations and things like that, that they're looking at. So yeah, I'm pretty sure at this point was just like, let's try this and see if it works. Yeah. I'm you can't, just you can't just go chop on people's fucking brain holes. That's just not how it works. Yep. So basically there's like not good stuff happening yeah. here. All bad. Well, but also during the 1950s, new drugs are becoming available, and that's really starting to kind of weed out some of the um, some of the capacity of the hospital. And we'll see this in, in in asylums and hospitals across the nation in the 1950s, where we start developing some antidepressants and other things, which of course lead to their own problem. But right. uh, they do start, you know, patients are actually being released and being able to like go home. You know, so they can come right. in for outpatient therapy. So, um, but they're also people who weren't going home or just being pumped full of fucking tranquilizers. And so you still have overcrowding. So you have people who are basically walking the halls aimlessly and like staring, staring at walls. That's what people are seeing that come in and also often naked and covered in poop. Okay. It's terribly depressing. So let's lead to Diana's favorite part, the ghosties. What are the ghosties in Danvers State Asylum? So there's only one real known ghost. Uh, there was a child of an administrator. Her name was Geraldine in the 40s and 50s. And she used to wake up to seeing a scowling elderly woman. And she was often, woke, they, she first used to see her at the attic and they're like, we're not gonna play in the attic anymore. And then the, the woman oh. would just come in, come in and rip the, the covers off her bed. Uh, no. <laughs> oh no, oh no, oh no. <laughs> so people often he report hearing disembodied voices, whales, and patients asking for help and att attention. There are apparitions with claims for people who've stayed in the apartments 
the ones that they built of seeing gown clad people standing in their hall walls just staring at the floor as if they've been lobotomized you know um and but if you approach them they seem to vanish if people who've been inside the asylum um i think only one team has actually been able to go in there this i couldn't find a newer one i'm sure somebody new has gone in but as around 2005 like when this episode was shot only one team had been allowed to stay there overnight uh but EVPs that have been captured in there, they, they hear spirits saying, I live here and I am warning you. Some people have reported hearing whispers pleading for help, begging to keep her away. And the her is usually reported on numerous occasions of being a slender, scowling woman dressed in Victoria era clothing. So maybe the one that that girl was seeing. Um, she's been known to appear randomly standing ominously in dark hallways. Uh, more terrifying is her habit of charging at the people who witness her. So oh, you'll no. see her and then she'll just like run at you. Ah! Oh, no, 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 no. So at some point, yeah, th they discovered tunnels that were connecting the buildings. So like underneath the, the yeah. hospital were tunnels that went through there. And they think that Thomas Kirkbride, the one who established this plan for like, everything is great and golden and we're going to treat people like really, really nicely, would put the violent patients down there. So when people would come to visit, th that it would look like a better place. Oh, so it was just like, oh yeah, look how great. Shut, shut, just shove those dicks in the tunnel. <laughs> you just put them, put them down in the basement. You know, that's what, that's why. Yeah, don't go in basements. You know, so I'm sorry, I'm, I don't want to derail, but I, I do have to know: I, I, is that a real estate disclosure you have to make that your like brand new condo was built on an old asylum grounds? <laughs> I do know if you there is a murder, you have to disclose it. I'm yeah. not sure if there is a ghost. Like, I don't think they have to disclose a ghost because people don't believe in ghosts, but I feel like it'd be like, so we tore down an asylum where some bad fucking shit happened. Well, I mean, there's and then still built things, this lovely condo. But that's why the, all of it's been demolished. They can't demolish it because of the tunnels, because you can't tear, like, physically, you can't tear them down because of the structural problems that the tunnels uh, underneath do. So that's why there's still the administrative building and a couple of wings. So they have to, so you've got to figure out, you've got to be able to know. That yeah, you know, you could like, you, you go there and you're like, uh, but they're also luxury condos too. And they're in Danvers, Mass. And I don't know if any of you have lived on the East Coast, but Massachusetts real estate is not cheap, especially real estate near Salem. No, that is not cheap real estate. So you're paying for luxury condos on top of a fucking lunatic asylum. I mean, they so, might just, I mean, if you want to live that close to Salem, I mean, they might charge you extra for the, for the ghosts. That's true. <laughs> that could be, it could be a selling point, right? This is your of, perk. It may be haunted. Yep. There is an so, upcharge for ghost maintenance. <laughs> ghost maintenance is, you know, is, is extra, just so you know. Um, we, we're not responsible for anything that gets thrown against a wall. Um, so they, ghost hunters and former hospital workers have seen Thomas Kirkbride. They've seen his ghost in the tunnels. So he's like hanging out down there. One of the other things I think that's really interesting about the ghosty stuff is that urban explorers and other people illegally touring the facility often get really sick and they think there's maybe a toxin in in the building that's causing that and so that was when they were basically when they were saying we want there was a lawsuit i think probably historical people were saying you can't tear this down because it's a historical building and so there's that there was a lawsuit proceeding and said it's filled with toxins so mm. we have to tear it down so i thought that was interesting um yeah. 
And the people who live in the apartments, they hear moans and screams at night. And police officers are often responding to com complaints of terrifying noises there. And then they just come up and find like an empty parking lot. Um, but they still hear screams night after night after night. So, and also that's, that's Danvers, but it was also used in like, uh, there's a movie session nine that was filmed there. And there's one from like the fifties called Home Before Dark. So very, you know, it's been in a lot of pop culture and yeah. So that's Danvers. Want to give us it? No, pass. Okay. Hard pass. pass. Hard pass. I mean, I've been to, I've been to Salem. Not I've like, been to like, Salem too. I didn't spend much time there, but like, I mean, I went for like an afternoon. I like Salem. I think it's a pretty and town. I think I went to a show too. Did I go to a show there? Maybe. I don't know. I don't think I've seen a show. No, maybe Salem. not. Maybe not. A lot of I, was, I was in, I was just, I was just up in Boston. Probably Boston. Boston but, yeah. But, but I did go to Salem and drove around and it was Massachusetts. It was fucking gray and cold. Um, yeah. And, I uh, mean, I do like the, you know, obviously it's a witchy town and yeah, they, lean, cool. they lean on it real fucking hard. Yeah, they do. I mean, like get those tourism dollars, go for it. I get it. And I, so I, it's pretty, I'm always just astounded by like how much we switched in terms of our tourism dog dollars. So be well, like, I thought, I thought it was interesting too, though, but everybody only associates it with, with say with ghosts, but there's a lot of pirate stuff there too. Arg. Yeah. I went to, I know I went to some sort of pirate museum. Yeah. They have a lot of piratey stuff in Salem as well. It's not just ghosty. I mean, not just witchy. So that was interesting. And then of course, you know, like the random, like, you know, the church with the doors painted black and a padlock on the door i'm like okay but it's still freaking creepy looking so cool like but it's adorable uh, so anyhow all right so dangerous so yay so we're talking about creepy ass asylums a lot today apparently and how horribly the mentally ill and or not mentally ill were treated in yep. asylums so horribly depressed fuck off so anyhow so let's go back to uh to our, to our episode and so where sam is, is getting a phone call that's where we're at yeah so there sam's like oh fuck we're trapped here and his phone rings and it's dean but the phone's kind of crackly and dean says he's in the basement so i thought this was kind of weird that this is happening by the way because they haven't used their phones to communicate with each other in a setting before so it struck me as odd even though sam didn't seem to think it was odd i was like yeah, since when does Dean, well, A, we know that Dean wasn't in the fucking basement because they just showed him digging through that office. But also, like, that's not how they communicate in those settings. Does that make sense? Yeah, but also, if you hadn't split up, you wouldn't need to call each other in the first place. So. That's very true, because this is all the, all the problem created by the split up. So anyways, so, uh, yeah, so <laughs> Sam Sam uh, has a funny handoff with Kat. It was pretty fucking <laughs> awesome, actually. She's like, asks them if they know how to use a shotgun. And of course, Gavin's like, no, Gavin's a fucking pussy and doesn't know how to. Gavin's, Gavin doesn't know anything about guns. So, okay. And Kat's like, I got this and takes the shotgun. Yeah. yeah she's like, fuck yeah, I can handle a shotgun. She racks it like a champ. Later we'll find out Kat, at least a girl playing Kat does not know how to use a shotgun, but yeah. at least like she racked it well. And yeah. then, you know, they split up again. And so, yeah. So they stay behind by the door that won't fucking open because they can't get out the door. So why the fuck are they staying there? I don't know. But so uh, Sam goes to the goddamn basement to the fucking biohazard room. See, and that's where I have it. I was like, because I was trying to figure out, I was like, it's warning about something biologic. I'm like, what is it here? Biohazard warning. You're like, oh, uh, that makes no sense. 
Um, so, and of course his flashlight goes out and the secret door <laughs> opens. Oh, I was like, we have the 50th flashlight stop working. It was like, can you invest in something else like with glow sticks? And then you can have little A ghost rays. Like anything, little ghost rays. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, so, I mean, with glow sticks, like you could probably see really well with them. They're not based on, batteries aren't going to go out. And then you could also yeah. just have a rave on your board. I, I don't know. I find glow sticks really hard to use as a light source, but that's different. I, I don't well, know. that's, I'm thinking, I'm wondering if there's like beyond like, you know, the ones that you get at Halloween, if there's more, I'm sure there's more powerful glow sticks. I don't know. Maybe? I, I just know. know, I just know that at, at one point in the army that we were using glow sticks um, in the woods to get around and it kind of creates like this weird bubble of, of vision when you're in a really dark place. You know what I mean? Like, like with a flashlight, you've got kind of just like this cone of light that you're see, be able to see from, but with a glow stick, it's more round. So it's more like surrounding, but it's not as bright. And it just kind of like, you can't see of... farther ahead. <laughs> no, not really. So that was my experience at least. So it was like, well, I, I, I was in hoping... the woods, it kind of sucked because there was like, big crevices and creeks in the wood that you couldn't fucking see until you were really so they went with glow sticks versus flashlights why uh no it was it was an alternative to flashlights like we had uh -huh. like you had the, you had either or and then also um like they're both bright obviously but glow sticks aren't as visible from a distance is my understanding but i could be oh so maybe tactically is here yeah, something somebody tactically is going to correct me, but that's my understanding. We weren't doing a tactical exercise. It was a somebody. What in one of my experiences, it was someone forgot their fucking flashlight, and the other experience, it was just used as like your ongoing ambient light, so you wouldn't have to run a battery down all night. Yeah. Well, and that's what I'm thinking about not running down batteries or like them being affected by ghosty stuff, but maybe a tactical, a tactical Hermione, tactical <laughs> <Like> Hermione. <laughs> But yeah, so anyway, so he's down there, his flashlight fucking goes out, duh, and uh, he still does have a gun, though. He's got a, he's got a gun with him still, too. I think that's important to note. So he had, you know, handed one to Cap, but he still has one as well. I thought, you know, now he's in the fucking creepy exam room looking around, and shit's rustling behind him, and this is the point where Diana wants to throw something, because she's, like, freaking the fuck out and covering her face uh, and not happy at all about this episode, because I know something's going to startle him. It's like, just turn around. It's right behind you. And it's the creepy ass fucking doctor. And then the doctor does like some like real kind of weird, like, I, I didn't like this. This was uh, like, not like I didn't like it, like creepy. Like I was like, okay, it, made, it's a weird it, went, from real, it went from weird, real scary to real like, huh, <laughs> okay. Like some like mind meld <laughs> shit where he's like reaching into the temple, reaching into their temples, and there's like the electrical like effects. See, I was reading it as electroshock therapy. That's how I was kind of getting getting through it. From his I don't fingers. Know. I mean, fingers. have you never shocked anybody with your fingers? Not like that. Maybe he's like rubbing his hands on carpet <laughs> a lot. It all, it's been very staticky and dry in there. Yeah, he's, <laughs> so, he's got a carpet and he like rubs his hand on them a bunch of times. <laughs> and then he's like, all right, now I'm going to fix goes, you. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, okay. It was so like, it went from like really creepy to kind of like borderline cartoony to me for a minute. I'm like, mm, okay. And then, um, Anyways, and then and then we cut back to Kat and Gavin, where Kat basically breaks up with him, yeah, which is I was hilarious. Like, hey. I was I like, was oh, like yeah, thank God, she finally she found she found she found her orbs. <laughs> she, <laughs> the orbs. Are, she grabbed her orbs. She's like, fuck you, man. Like, yeah. 
we're not together anymore. And he's like, what? Why? And I'm like, yeah, yeah no. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, because the fact that you don't know further illustrates the reason why. Yeah. So, and then she shoots in the hallway because she sees something coming and it's Dean. <laughs> like, <oops. laughs> so, um, anyways, so uh, I don't, basically, so Sam starts, to, Sam shows up. No, they oh, figure out they figure out that dean didn't call sam so and then yeah they like, figure that out that dean didn't call sam so and then they're talking about the rage experiments that the doctor was well doing. okay yeah before that dean goes after him in the basement and leaves him alone again yeah they're still exploring <sighs> that. Okay, yeah so yeah yeah so they split up again and they're talking about the rage experiment so sam's uh dean tells sam the doctor was working on extreme rage therapy where the doctor thought if they vented their anger, they would be cured of it. But this, he also said that it was more than a lobotomy. So it was not just a, like, a fucking like anger room. This is a little bit next level. I know, but there's part of me that's like, well, that makes sense. Like, if you have anger, you should vent it. I mean, I don't know why it made you more angry. Like, I feel better after I vent my anger. If you don't vent your anger, you just become passive aggressive, like Sam and Dean. Well, if you vent your anger while getting some somebody fucking with your brain... That may yeah, not work that so may, well. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, see, and the thing is that they didn't explain, like, I was you know, shocking you while I was making you angry. I just, the, the note that I had is that we said more than a lobotomy is one of the comments they made. They did an ex- extreme rage experience where they want to, to express the rage as a way to, to be therapeutically, but then also it's more than a lobotomy. So they don't really explain what he was doing. Yeah. Um, the, the drawings that they flashed to in the journal earlier on were kind of like... It, I didn't think they were, I, I was like, oh, did one of the, did one of the patients draw this? Because it was like real weird, like scribble. So, so when they're talking with, when, when they're looking at the journal, <laughs> I thought it was interesting. I was uh, looking at some of the drawings in it and I was wondering if it was maybe even done by a patient because it was very scribbledy and it was like this black, like looked very black ink that looked very scientific and like these red scribbles on it that was like angry and like weird so i that's why i was a little confused that it was the doctor's like when i first saw, saw the images of it i'm like is that the doctor's journal that looks like somebody very angry wrote it because it was like somebody it was like a diagram of someone getting a lobotomy but then like this red scribble over like the <laughs> stick that was going up the brain hole um but i also felt like the writing of it kind of looks like dad's journal too like a little bit yeah. there is like some things in it that was very reminiscent but <laughs> crazy people oh all right so anyway so sam says sam's there says he doesn't see, hadn't seen the doctor even though they're down like near where the doctor's supposed to be and um and dean's sharing all this about the rage experiments and what he found out in the journal and then they start like there you, you, I'll let you so sam, sam points his gun at, at Dean. <laughs> yeah, well, and also Sam is expressing some things that have clearly been bothering him. Well, yeah. Like, so this is, he's getting his rage therapy out and he was yes. like, I'm he's venting. I'm going to do that. And, and then he shoots Dean with, with rock salt, right? So yeah. he shoots rock salt and like Dean's lying, and I also don't know how, I mean, I would think shotgun, hey, tactical harmony, look this shit up. Um, shotgun shell filled with rock salt at that close range would fuck you up like beyond yeah, just like putting you in the I, ground yeah i mean like i it would knock you down it wouldn't be like like that was more like a, the, the, fe- the reaction he had i think was more like a beanbag effect honestly where it like knocks like knocks the fuck out of you and knocks you down 
but doesn't like oh then maybe like some severe well, bruising and maybe if you think about what's in a shotgun sh- shell yeah no you're gonna have there's a bird the bird bird whatever bird shot and stuff like that yeah no. i was like don't judge me i'm like i shoot a lot of shotguns but yeah so bird shot though is basically they're tiny little bb's yeah. and rock salt is a pretty tiny heavy thing i brought so you know gone from the compression of the gun i would think that would actually really hurt you yeah i would think it would and then it would i think it would break the skin I think it would. Uh, then you've got literal salt in your wounds. Ow! Oh, I didn't even think of that. Oh just my saying, god! Oh, uh, you just literally created a wound with salt. I mean, it's like oh, it, yeah, yeah, that's vile. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah. Oh. Uh, I'm not giving home defense tips. I'm just saying. Like, well, like, I mean, if you want to take the time to take no, a shotgun do shell and no. fill it up with rock salt, it's going to take you a long ass time. It's going to take so, a long time and you should just stick to actual home defense ammo, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, like I, that's what I was thinking. About, I swear I've seen that in something else where they were using um, uh, rock salt loaded shotgun shells. It's not the, this is not the first thing I've seen that in. Um, and I will try to do my diligence now that I, I'm thinking about it now. Sorry, I should have, I would have researched if I thought about it earlier, <laughs> but I've seen it somewhere else. And there was something about like, and like, it made like a fucking gnarly wound and like the, like it was obviously fixed. <gasps> but yeah, God. and hurt like a motherfucker. Cause it would like embed, right? And then the salt like is oh. so porous. So you got to think about like trying to get that out. And then like, what do you rinse it out? Cause that's just going to make it worse and spread it around. like gnarly shit and that was straight in his chest and you're right it wasn't very close range so i feel like that would have been way worse i mean it's not like he was like yeah like okay dean had a couple layers on but his like his shitty t-shirt and flannel aren't gonna like protect protect him from yeah yeah okay like maybe his leather jacket would i mean maybe i don't know i don't know uh no remember that we need to further research rock salt uh filled uh shotgun shells all right, good. Go for that tactical harm running. Yeah. Okay, so now you know, Dean is lying on the ground, and then if I know it was like Dean gives him his gun, I'm like, why? Why would you do that? And then you're like, oh, you took out the magazine. And then he was like, I'm not going to give you a loaded pistol. And I'm like, see, this episode is hilarious. Well, <laughs> hold on. That's he says I'm not going to give you a loaded pistol after Sam pulls the fucking trigger. He points the gun at Dean's fucking head <clears> and pulls the fucking trigger. Like a bunch was, of times he was gonna fucking do it and and that, i thought that was pretty intense i think this also like honestly like dean is uh, in my assessment of their characters at this point i think dean is trying to gauge the level of even though he knows that this isn't really sam this is some of sam's deep-seated feelings somewhere in there and i think that this is him really trying to gauge like how bad is our rivalry and does sam just need to get this the fuck out uh, and Sam doesn't really, I mean, like he knows what he's doing, but he doesn't because this is like his, his, you know, emotions on like fucking, you know, meth and steroids at the same time. So <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it, but like, you know what I mean? It's like irrational, yeah. like irrational, beyond irrational and just like magnified. But I think this really was, I think that handing the pistol to him was kind of Dean testing how deep the resentment went. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I, I'm there for that theory. But also, like, damn. There's a bunch of damn. Yeah, I mean, like, that's fucked. Like, I mean, even though, even if you know it's not really them, like, he literally just watched his brother pull the trigger trying to kill yeah. him. Like, I think it also like, shows, like, Sam's got a lot of issues, and Dean obviously does too, well, but, yeah. like, 
Sam is so mad right now. Like he is so angry right. at the world. And I know like he just saw you know, his girlfriend just died and he's dealing with all his weird daddy issues, but and part of this is the you know, continuity of the show where because you kind of feel like, you know, Sam got over a lot of his daddy issues, you know, in an episode where he figured out that his dad wasn't disappointed in him, that he was just right. trying to save him. But he's just overly angry at this. Like, and yeah. it, I don't know. So anyhow, so he's got his stuff, his, his meth steroid injection. So it's making this. <laughs> oh, I don't know how else to explain it. There we go. Um, yeah. So either way, um, they're, they're fighting. I mean, like they, they fight of course. And, and, uh, you know, Dean does really seem to understand that it isn't really Sam talking and doing this. Um, so knocks Sam the fuck out so that he can do what he needs to do. Um, and, uh, finds, uh, one of your favorite scenes. He sees like a little, well, this was, this was kind of funny. This little tuft of hair poking out of a cabinet. Um, <laughs> There's like a little bit of hair and like observant Dean, like get into this more. little tuft of hair out of like this, like, like a weird shaped cabinet, by the way, it's like this, like under desk size cabinet. Was it just a filing, ca- I guess, like a medical filing cabinet? No, it was like a door. It wasn't, no, that'd be a yeah. door. This was a door. Yeah. It was weird, a weird cabinet, medical storage, I don't know. But it was like a desk height, little tiny cabinet. Yeah. And um, he uh, fi- opens the cabinet. And of course, there's the doctor's body. Duh, like we knew. Like, yeah. Well, you saw the tough to hair. You knew that was where we were going. And this is where Liz got really concerned about because Dean's very, very, very uh, expressive in the smell of the doctor's body. What is that smell? Oh my God. Like he opens it up and he's like, so of course that led me to be like, well, how long do you body smell for? Like, would this have like smelled that bad? Because it's 41 years later. That's what I said. Yeah. That date was 1964. Yep. So we are 41 years later, and this corpse apparently smells like shit. So supernatural Hermione wants you to know. First of all, she wants you to know what does a dead body smell like? Because mm-hmm. if you've never smelled a dead body, I have it beyond animal carcasses. And some of you may not know what it smells like. Um, so a lot of people compare that stench to something like rotting fruit. Um so when somebody dies, the body immediately goes in decomp, right? So decomposition starting, and that's when the smell of death can begin. And usually that's caused by various gases of the microorganisms during the stages. And so in addition to this extremely unpleasant odor, it's also leaking fluids. And so this can invade carpet, subflooring, walls, and concrete. And I know this because, good God, there are a lot of sites on the internet for people who want to come clean your house after there's a corpse in it. Yeah. Uh, so, and they want to talk about the things they're finding. I, I eventually shifted from them and went to our scientist friends. But I was like, good God, like, I mean, I, it's a necessary thing, but yeah there are a lot of body cleaning sites um this is why Liz well, it's a very on. it's a very specialized industry apparently it is a special i mean i hope they get paid well uh, so a, a, decom- a decomposing body does go through four stages autolysis autolysis bloat active deca- decay and skeletization which is what we talked about with the beetles right remember the beetles mm-hmm. going to skeletization yep. and so during the first stage, you get some enzymes that are eating the body from inside out. The second stage uh, traps gases that are generated by bacteria in the intestinal tract. So what's in your tummy, that busts out and that starts. So all the shit that's like built up in your stomach, like that busts out. So that's gonna smell. Yeah. Uh, 
in addition to like that, there's like a bunch of different compounds on you. Um, so not all of them produce odors, but some of them do have recognizable things. So there's some things that smell like rotting flesh. So like that's the worst descriptor ever. Like yeah. what does rotting flesh smell like? It smells like rotting flesh. Yeah. Um, there's one that has a strong feces odor. odor. The one, there's one that has a musty or mothball-like smell. Um, you got hydrogen sulfide. So sulfide, obviously, rotten eggs. Um, I'm not going to intend to pronounce these chemicals, but there's one that smells like rotting cabbage mm. and another one that has a foul, foul garlic-like odor. Uh, so typically like you're going through the post-decay process in about 10 to 24, 24 days post-mortem. Mm -hmm. um, but after 24 days, like most of the flesh has been stripped from the bones. Um, and this time, like you're kind of smelling like cheese. So we get kind of like a breeze smell going on. Um, but oh, as- Don't a, ruin brie for me, man. Stinky, it goes, oh. smells like a really, I, you like stinky cheeses. So I can't say it smells like a stinky cheese. Don't fuck with uh, my gorgonzola. You want me to be like, it smells like American cheese? It's, yeah, is is that go. fine? Okay, yeah, it smells fine. like American cheese, which doesn't smell at all. But okay, um, so. It smells, like, it smells like plastic. <laughs> Yeah. So, but as this is happening, right? Obviously there's less organic matter to degrade, but generally decomp is going to take about eight to 12 years, but cadaver dogs, because there's always different like odors in there, like, yeah. there's a lot of people doing experience trying to figure out what exactly these chemicals are so that you can train like super awesome. I love, I love cadaver dogs. I think they're super great. I love them. Uh, so to train them to detach, you know, like remains, yeah. but for the most part, like after 41 years, if this was outside, it probably wouldn't be smelling. But because the environment plays a really big part in how long it takes a body to decompose, that can change. So if you if a body's in a cold, like that's going to decompose less. So if there's a lot of ghosties and ghosties have uh, cold spots, maybe that may decomp slow. Um, mm. Also, because it was locked up in the cabinet, it is maybe metal cabinet not as much uh porous materials around it yeah and also a lot of the decomp smells come from the the animals or the insects that are eating it right so right. if those can't get into it yeah so you know maybe there aren't a ton of things that are consuming it in this cabinet and that skeleton wasn't skeletonized right there it was mummified which is something that's really kind of but that happens really late in the active deep decomposition so and it might not have smelled good but i don't think it still would have smelled as bad as he reacted i don't think it smelled as bad as what dean was making out i think dean's being a wuss but you know yeah. whatever so that's that's supernatural hermione on corpse smells <laughs> yay yeah. so back to you back to our regularly scheduled corpse burning <laughs> yeah so as dean's trying to burn the corpse of course the fucking ghosty version of the doctor grabs him and so they you know there's the back and forth of dean trying to get his lighter out and throw it onto the body and he finally does and as it's really kind of weird though because there's like the body that he's like throwing this lighter on and it's going up in flames and there's the ghosty doctor trying to do the electrical mind meld on him and as that's happening he like as as the body starts burning then the ghosty doctor starts like crumbling but i was very kind of like I, mean, I get one's the spirit and one's the body but that spirit was very tied to the body it was just really weird seeing both of them together and then both kind of crumbling the same way it was very yeah. weird. like the ghost body crumbled as if it was a physical body to me yeah and i do have like it left stuff behind although i really think the effects were yeah. great but also we saw dean's flashlight start flickering out again so the ghost 
stop having flashlight uh, <laughs> flashlights. <laughs> Not flashlights, flashlights. Flash. Um, but also when that started happening, Dean also made another someone farted face. That was like what I was saying. Dean smell was like, ah, someone farted again, but like, it's a ghost. But yeah, I was, <clears throat> and apparently the special effects department in this, like there was, they really liked doing it because, but there was, because that combination of having the solid torso with like the, the the skeleton that's coming down around it and mm. then also having the hands left on him because you see like they kind of isolated so the hands were like yeah. left left behind as that was going down but from a just mythology perspective i was like wait why why did you leave stuff there like yeah. i don't i don't know why you material have... behind <clears throat> and there was part of it's like did the corpse fall out of the cabinet i thought maybe but then you know you burned it. it but you yeah. burned it so what I don't know. So now it's the, now. So this guy went from having a body and a <clears throat> spirit to having two bodies, which is very bizarre. <laughs> I'm like, okay, now that's very confused. So confused. Yeah, that threw me off a little bit. I was like, wait, what? And 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 yeah. So anyway, so ta-da, they defeated it, and of course um, now Sam's not going to be a <clears throat> dick anymore because they undid this. They they undid the the spiritual rage lobotomy. I don't know what the fuck we call it, but yeah, spiritual rage. <laughs> that's what i'm going with um yeah so and of course they, if they have to have like a silly little like exchange about it where you know, dean asks sam you're not gonna try to kill me again and it's like well no and he's like well that would be good because that would be awkward which is an awkward line i liked it i like that line uh, anyways okay so and they're leaving and so dean tells gavin and cat no more haunted asylums and I agree, because I am fucking depressed and sad over haunted asylum. So please, Supernatural, no more depressing mental institutions. You like you like haunted shit. You want to go to all these haunted places. What are you talking about? I like haunted shit. I don't like things that are realistic signs of how humanity sucks okay. and how so we like- so, so haunted places, as long as they're not asylums. Well, I mean, I would. I'm okay with a haunted asylum. I just don't <laughs> want to have. I don't want to have to research the actual things okay. that terrible people did inside them to oh, other people. That's fair. That's fair. I'm I just like clar- ghosts. I'm just I say I, like, I like ghosts. I don't like people. Is that okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, all right. So and, and and so I think I think though we you know there's this exchange obviously where they're making light of what happened between Sam and Dean, but I think you know obviously Dean knows that the things that Sam said came from somewhere. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> it was not all, it wasn't all just the, uh, the, the ghosty stuff. So. Yeah, and Sam's anyways. like, I'm fine. Like, no, that wasn't me. Yeah. That was, that was a ghost rage. Not, no, yeah. not me. No, I'm good. Cause I'm going to live in denial and not express my feelings. Um, so anyways, we, so we cut to a hotel, the hotel again, the super cool hotel. And, um, and Dean's phone starts ringing and Dean's passed out. So Sam answers it and dun, dun, dun. It's dad. Dad, are you finally going to stop being a dick? Are you going to give us some answers? What is happening? Where are you? What are you doing? And what we won't know. In general. We don't know until the next episode. Yeah. Because that's where it ends right there. That's where it ends. Which is interesting because this is one of the first that I've seen that doesn't end with the car driving off. That is very true. Um, 
Because it's generally the kind of the end scene. Yeah, this one ends with. Of they're moving all, also maybe so car driving off signifies we're moving on to somewhere else. And maybe it's like, we're still stuck on this fucking Sam and Dean and dad shit. <laughs> and so it's like, no, nope, you can't leave this. Like we have yeah. to explore this further. Yay. Yay. Well, yeah. So, um, I, so to be clear about like, I mean, I know we made a lot of jokes and other stuff I said was funny or things I thought were annoying or cheesy. What scared me to be clear about this episode is I don't, I don't, well, A, I don't not, I'm never going to go into a fucking haunted asylum. Fuck you. Not happening. Okay. Just not my jam, especially by myself, like where I'd get separated from other people. Not going to happen. Um, the, like the, the noises, the chittering about the, um, the silhouettes, the being startled, the creepy doors, that's the shit I don't handle. And I don't really know how to explain what it is. I mean, I just, that shit freaks me the fuck out. Does that make sense? Kind of. I mean, you don't have to like relate. No judgment. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I get <laughs> That's I the shit that also, freaks me out. They did, I think a good job of mood setting in this. A lot of this comes down to the soundtrack. And if you notice, like in terms of soundtrack, there was actually only one, like not score, like song. There was one song in here um, with, that was in the bar and I don't remember yeah. what it was. And it was, I mean, it didn't stand out to me, but you're right. I noticed that there wasn't any, I, I didn't know any music that I needed, that I was like going to be like, oh, what band is this? What song is yeah. it? There was nothing like that. Um, and you're right. It was very much about mood setting, I think. But I think that they, and they did a great job of it. It was just, uh, I, uh, that's the kind of episode that scares scares me and like that's that's just my own wussiness but um i mean also i I get jumpy i don't like being startled i know something's gonna sneak up and i'm waiting for it and i know it's gonna happen but it's still like i'm anticipating and then it still scares the fucking shit out of me when it happens and i don't like it yep i I think that's completely valid and i've also i have also seen this episode a number of times yeah so i I am no longer looking at it from the creepy factor. I'm looking at it just from more, you know, in-depth kind of per, like view of it, which right. does take you away from the creepiness. And I do think a lot of the gore and the scariness in this episode were a bit cheesy. Like you yeah. already pointed out, like the doctor and his, like, it's just, to me, it's just pretty classic. We're in an asylum type things. Oh, and there's sure. been, a, yeah, and it's been done over and over again. Yeah. And for the most part, like I said, I think it's interesting like the random dude in the straight jacket, the shutter effect on the random dude in the straight jacket. Like we never see that guy again. Like he's not a character. No. He's just like shoved in a fucking shoved in the like the bottom shelf of a gurney, why shuddering was, there. I'm like, okay. why was he shoved down there? It makes no sense. But but they never like he's not part. He's not the dude that's fucking whispering stuff to Cat. He's not the chick that's trying to make out with everybody. I mean, like there's well, but they don't I, really show a lot of other ghosts. So it seems kind of like an odd choice to show. They also one. don't show those ghosts being released, which I think is interesting, right? So we have the doctor when the doctor goes down, we don't see those ghosts being released, which I think is something that is, you know, would be typical of a supernatural episode that you do one and then the it's rest implied? of them are freed. I, I, I'm assuming it, it's implied, but that's, I mean, yeah, that's what I assumed too. I just assumed it was an, it was implied that they were all tied there because they needed the doctor to be whatever. Discovered and, then, and found out for yeah. what he was, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, but we never like, you know, I would say like, I would think it would be more likely like those spirits would be down by where the doctor was. Like they would be like more things beyond just a whisper, unless they were like supposed to be so terrified of him, they wouldn't be there. Uh, I don't know. There's something of note. 
Yeah. So well, that's what I got. That's all I got on this one. Now I got to look forward to the next one. Cause I do, I kind of, I need some dad resolution. It's You're like, God damn it. Can I'm, you... I'm, 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 I'm at the point where it's getting like, ugh. Well, so we finished yeah. episode 10 and I think, like I said, I think yeah. there's 22 episodes this season. So we're almost halfway there. So maybe by 11 or 12, they resolve this. Yeah. I mean, I guess that it doesn't get resolved in the entire series but i mean at least dad might like show up and like talk to them at some point like that would be cool yeah i mean obviously we know the actor who plays them is you know well well this is not spoiler thing we know that morgan is a pretty big important actor in the series so yeah he's probably gonna gonna show Show up up at some point point. um so yeah i mean there there may be some resolution of this but there is awesome and i get it kind of like this is the arc right Right. so we're thinking about a season as an arc what what are the main things that are really driving it and so this one really it is one the relationship between sam and dean and right now it's the relationship between sam dean and their dad right and what that means and of course always tying back to Jess and mom so what was going on between them like how do we get to that and then of course now so other foreshadowing things we've learned so far so we know Sam's got some weird ESP shit happening yeah and Dean's kind of a perv though though he didn't try to hit on Kat yeah, good for him because she was like 15. So well, kudos, yeah. I mean, Dean. I, for... assume, I assume she was like a little bit older than that, but I don't yeah, know. maybe. I don't know. I mean, I assume, she was assumed like eight. I, I assume like under 20, but 17. 18, I assumed right. high school. That was, I was assuming high school, but mm-hmm. also she wasn't in a cheerleading outfit and she was taking care of herself and saying, yo, so. As a season one, Gross. Dean, we haven't seen him really going for the super empowered women. But yeah, fair. fair yes, I'm Team Cat, man, and I hope she found a better dude than yeah, Gavin. Go Cat, go Cat. She was kind of she was she may not be great with the shotgun, but she didn't know what. How to oh use yeah, whenever you talked about yeah, so when she shot Dean, I was like, oh my god, mount your shotgun! Like, are you just holding this? Sh-? Like, and also she's like, my dad took me skeet shooting, and like he didn't well, he didn't t- go with a pump action saw it off, but and she. Yeah she'll figure it out it's like good for her but yeah. good god girl and she wasn't she wasn't scared of shoulder. it she won't she yeah. wasn't scared of that shotgun so good for her on that but that's yeah, yeah that's not how you that's not how you hold it to shoot a shotgun but either way all right well uh yeehaw uh, that's it all right speaking so, of yeehaw we, less this week uh this past since we were on last so uh, oh yeah walker came out i have not watched the first episode Me yet but I, do have DVR'd, but I do have a dvr'd so uh, I know there's a lot of uh, mixed feelings about the show's existence in general, um, because I mean, some people firmly believe that Chuck Norris should be the only Walker Texas Ranger. But well, and also, some people also believe that the Texas Rangers are not kind of the things we should be exemplifying. So uh, nowadays, I think it's different, but that's okay. Either way, so uh, yeah, there we uh, there we go. So we'll uh, leave it there and. Um, maybe we'll maybe we'll give a little mini yeah. report back if we get around to watching the first and second episode yeah one of my one of my friends was like oh so are you guys gonna be doing this walker texas ranger and i was like bitch i have 15 seasons of supernatural to get through mm-hmm. <laughs> i was like i i don't know we'll, no. we'll give it a, we'll give it a mention we'll give it a mention that's about all i got but. I'm sure he looks great and kudos to him. I mean, honestly, like I'm more excited about uh, Jensen and the boys, which I did finally when I had a, I had to lay in my couch and not do anything. I finally caught up on season two of the boys so I can be prepared for season three when, when he comes out in it. So, and it was good. 
so still a fan of the boys um <laughs> so anyhow okay we're gonna stop rambling on about shit yes. and go about our night so cheers jerk cheers bitch thanks for listening to this week's episode of devil's trap podcast be sure to follow us on instagram devil's trap podcast twitter devil's trap pod or you can email us devil's trap at devil's trap podcast.com don't forget to subscribe leave reviews and share it with all your friends we're available at all your major podcast listening devices so you can always find us at devil's trap podcast.com thanks devil's trap podcast is a don't be a dick production meow intro music arrangement and performance by dave cox Piano arrangement and performance by Bobby Orozco. Meow.